edition of the Friday film feature uh, here on Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? The show that tells you if you want to watch something or if you don't. Of course, this is all my opinion, so take it with a grain of salt. Especially consider the, considering the fact that I'm blind. Uh, remember uh, to like Share and definitely subscribe to the channel. We'll uh, hopefully we'll have some more shows coming at you. And uh, at some point, things will come along that you'll enjoy. You never know. Um, today, well, no, I, I should also say we're on podcasts everywhere. So... Check out, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and stuff like that. So today, we're talking about horror movies. And the state of horror movies. Now, you have to understand, I grew up in the 70s. Now, young as I was, it didn't matter. Because my dad watched horror movies in front of us. Didn't matter how young we were. In fact, my mom used to uh, threaten us with characters from old horror movies. For example, she'd say, The woman with the, with the white eyes is going to get you if you don't do this. I guess I was misbehaving. I don't know. But that was a horror movie that I saw that had a woman with white eyes and gray, and long gray, scraggly gray hair, and uh, she was terrorizing everybody. I don't remember what movie that was, but suffice it to say, it scared the shit out of me. And she knew it scared the shit out of me. And I have to apologize, folks. I, I, I know better, but today I kind of, I, I had lunch before I went live, so you might hear some rumbling and burping coming out of my mouth. So, like I said, I grew up, and there were some really cheesy horror flicks. While I was growing up. And by cheesy. I mean. Okay. Let me give you an example. There was a movie called Gates of Hell. Now in that movie. A priest. Commits suicide. Thereby opening up. The gates of hell. And because he opens up. That gates of hell a whole bunch of shit starts happening. Well, one of the shit that starts happening is this guy sitting in his car and he's totally transfixed by the sight of the hung priest in front of him. And and by transfixed, I mean in a hypnotic state. Now, a hypnotic state that causes him to 
completely expel his intestines through his mouth, culminating in what I think was the colon coming out of his mouth. This is all coming out of his mouth. It's like the shit just crawled up inside him and came out. That was some serious gore. Of course, his girlfriend right next to us, right next to him, rather, is screaming her fucking lungs out. I mean, scream, just yelling her lungs out because she's watching her boyfriend spit up his guts. And he just sits there while this shit just spills out of him. And the girlfriend is screaming. And he, I don't know if he dies or not. I really don't. Because the girlfriend gets hit in the head with a hammer. And we don't hear from her again. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to plot spoil it for you. Because... Honestly, I can't fucking remember whether they get things fin- uh, fixed or not. But, uh, yeah, the priest keeps showing up for a while there. Anyway, th- that was the premise of that show, The Gates of Hell. And then you had, you know, show uh, movies like The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, that was gory as fuck, too. We're talking, you know, Leatherface. We're talking, you know, people who carved other people up. All kinds of stuff. I never thought that was funny. I actually thought it was hilarious. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are film students out there who will say, well, it was an allegory of the human spirit or or, or what mankind is like, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? No. We are there for a horror movie that's supposed to scare the living fuck right out of us. So then we... Go move a little bit later and bada bing bada boom. Freddy comes along and Jason. So Freddy's in your nightmares now, scratching up pipes and walls with his fingernails, scaring the shit out of you, which again really didn't scare the shit out of me. It just freaked my ears out. But I liked watching it. Why? Probably because I liked watching a freak with all this makeup on his face. That looked so real. I mean, you have to admit, it looked real. Plus, I wanted a set of those uh, knives on his fingers, too. I was dying for a set with that, with those claws. Anyway, 
so I mean, I don't know how many. I think there were five or six movies of the Nightmare on Elm Street series. I mean, that's a lot of movies. That was like a bunch of movies. The same with Jason and his movies. Friday the 13th. I mean, how many times can a, can people go back to, to a camp that kills people? I don't get it. I mean, it's a crime scene. But, you know, I mean, either way, again, that one I watched because of the dirtiness. The fact that some chicks had their tits out. I didn't watch it because of the horror, because it wasn't scary. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't go without mentioning before Freddie and Jason, Linda Blair in The Exorcist. Now, that one wasn't so much scary in as much as it was strange. Because here you have this woman or girl as the case may be. And back then, we didn't have the uncensored version. And the uncensored version being that she starts fucking herself with a cross and starts crawling down the stairs on her back, on her back with her legs folded unnaturally. I mean, that was the censored version. They never had those deleted scenes. So, even when I watched the uncensored version, <clears throat> excuse me, presumably what they call the director's cut, it was a little bit more enjoyable because, like I said, we started seeing a little more to it. But it was still... Weird. It wasn't scary. And then they bring, you know, God into it, you know. Or or Jesus. God will save you. God will save you. Repent. And they're trying to kick, kick this demon out of this Bazuzu, out of Linda Blair. Or, no, sorry, that was in the third one. Yeah, the third one, she gets possessed by Bazuzu. And Bazuzu apparently is, is like some savior. So, you know, it, it, yeah, and that one, the priest gets uh, possessed. Not Linda Blair, she comes to rescue everybody. So, again, that's not scary. It wasn't scary to me. Maybe I'm just desensitized. I don't know. I mean, yes, my dad was an alcoholic. Yes, he beat us. And 
maybe that desensitized me. And in the end, what can I do? I still didn't find it scary. And then, you know, we had all the cheesy stuff like Scary Movie and... Uh, let's see, what else? I can't think of any other movies. I think Scary Movie was the freakiest of them all. Because that wasn't even scary. Uh, but I'm digressing. Anyway... Now we come to more recent movies. And the one that had me kind of scared was called The Devil. Directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Well, wait, hold on. M. Night Shyamalan. Or Shialama. I don't know. I'm, I'm scared. The guy who did uh, Signs and uh, uh, something else. Anyway, it was the devil. And it all took place in this elevator. You didn't have to go anywhere. It all took place in, in an elevator. And honestly, you never knew who the antagonist was or who the protagonist was. And then you get a huge kicker at the end because they say that you're put into situations that God wants you to put yourself into. And you don't realize that until the end. And I thought that was cute. You guys remember what I talked about on the last show, which was uh, Tell Me a Story. And how I loved the endings of each of the seasons. Because they were separate stories, but all in the same story. And you kind of see this happening in Devil. Which I absolutely love. Then there was another one. The Devil's Advocate. Starring Keanu Reeves and uh, Al Pacino. That was a scary movie. Not because of the gore. But because of the visuals of it. Al Pacino sticks his fingers in holy water. And it starts to bubble and boil. Doesn't affect him though. <laughs> Not like you saw in The Exorcist. Didn't give him welts. Blow off his fingers or anything like that. Practically enjoyed it. Of course, since then, I went blind. And I have to say that 
horror movies don't have the same appeal as they once did. Maybe it's because I can't see the visuals of it. The gory parts. The bloody parts. Not that that ever attracted me because, like I said, those gory parts were just another day in the park. But besides that, movies have become scarier. And again, it's not because of the horror, or, or rather the gory parts. Because you'll find there aren't that many gory parts. A specific example I can use is Annabelle. Annabelle itself is just about a doll. A scary as fuck doll, but a doll. And the right camera angles, the right scene pop-ups, the whole thing. I mean, that's... For someone who's not looking at the screen and is just listening to this in surround sound, surround sound being with a pair of headphones or earbuds or whatever, I mean... You're just walking there in this creepy house and then all of a sudden something pops out at you. Now that something could be an innocent human being, but damn, it scared me like that. I mean, that's what you want. You want something to trip up your heart and almost give you a heart attack. That's the makings of a good horror movie. Of course, Annabelle is based on the stories of Ed and Lorraine. Uh, I forget their last name offhand. Oh, yeah, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Two, uh, two people, a couple, that investigated paranormal activity. In real life. And they wrote a book. Uh, they wrote a book. Well, I don't actually, I don't know who wrote the book, whether it was Ed or, or uh, Lorraine. But one of them wrote a book or, or several books uh, about their experiences in the paranormal field. Now, I'm not sure if you guys remember back in... Eh, well, back in the day, there was a, a magician named Randy. I know. It, he, he really was freaky. kind of looked like an old Wolfman Jack. But Randy went around debunking a whole bunch of horror stories. And I mean debunking him. I mean, if someone came along and said, I have ghosts in my house, he would go investigate why and 
pretty much sell it off as the house creaking or something like that. I mean, they actually did a biography on him at one point, and turns out Randy was gay. And he had a lover and, and a partner for several years. And this was before they legalized gay marriage. And uh, his partner said, oh, I never liked the things he went out on. He never liked it, but he had to accept that Randy was on a mission, let's say, to make sure that people weren't being fooled. Like TV psychics, for example. One of the most famous one was the psychic that was on the Montel Williams show. Not only was she providing readings, but she was providing fucked up readings. Some that made some people cry. And at some point, an expose was done and it turned out she was lying. Throughout the whole thing. Because she told. Some person. In the audience. That somebody was dead. When that person was very much alive. Now does that mean that I don't. Believe that. There are people out there with the SP who can tell you your future. I don't know. No one ever really knows. There are con artists out there who can read you just like a big, large print book. In the different way. Hell, Sherlock Holmes was one of those. Fictional, but he was one of those people. That was just so knowledgeable. That he could pick out different parts of you. And tell you where you've been. What you did for a living. Any health problems you may have. But. Again, I'm digressing. We're going from debunking fortune tellers to horror movies again. Okay? We got to go back to that. I shouldn't do that, should I? I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. But hey, Claudia's not here, so I have no one else to blame but myself. Damn it. 
I like having a co-host. I can always blame the co-host. But hey, you know, gotta take a fall where I gotta take a fall. Anyway, so, of course, the most famous of these movies was The Conjuring. And there's been three or four movies with the latest one being The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. And again, that one is Ed and Lorraine Warren don't or rather they're not being exposed as frauds. They're being exposed as legitimate paranormal investigators. And sometimes they come to Places that aren't haunted. Just like Randy did. He would find that a house was making noises as opposed to actual ghosts. And they would find alternative explanations for why a vase in the hallway was suddenly moved. But they also came ab- uh, came to real paranormal activity that were unexplainable by any modern science. But aside from that, again, the gore is minimized in those movies. It's the surprises that that tend to freak you out, especially me. Like I said, I can't, I can't see the screen, so the gore does absolutely nothing for me. Someone describing somebody's getting sliced open is not as gory as actually watching that person doing the slicing. I mean that's one of the bad things about going blind. You don't you just can't see the fights and 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 I mean <sighs> yes, I mean pe- uh, uh, there are people out there who are blind and they can picture this shit in their heads. That's fine. I have an active imagination too. But I just can't picture the scenes in my head. I'm sorry. I actually, I actually take the descriptions literally. Which means they don't scare me as much. So when someone is walking down the hall and then something jumps out of, out of the doorway at it, at that person, there's a big accompanying crescendo of music That makes my heart pump. And that's what scares me. The surprises. Now, that does that make for a good horror movie? I don't know. It does to me, anyway. 
especially the ones that I'm really interested in, where I am fully enwrapped in the plot line. And I don't expect this person or thing or whatever to jump out of the corner. Of course, there's the ever fake out where it turns out to be a cat. But that there's that same level of crescendo of music, same surprise. But a cat jumps out from a doorway as opposed to a, a ghost or whatever. Only to find that the ghost is right behind the person when the cat goes by. And again, you don't expect that sort of thing. And it's not gory. Well, I don't I don't know if it's gory because I don't see the picture. All they say is uh, such and such apparition or whatever appears to blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, it's hard to explain. Well, no, it's not hard. I just don't bother. <laughs> so in the end, these... I find that a lot of these movies have already been done. Especially now with all the reboots. In fact, they just did a new version of in 2017 of A Nightmare on Elm Street. And that was just as stupid as the original. I mean, maybe the plot line was great if you were reading it in a book. But it wasn't great on screen. I mean, in that movie, Heather Lang... I'm going to try to pronounce her name right. Heather Loggingkamp was the star. And Robert England was the antagonist, i.e. Freddy Krueger. And, of course, they tried to inject some well-known actors like John Saxon in there. But it didn't really matter. It was still a hokey movie. But anyway. I just thought I would kick that in. Because I I, I recently started what... I, I watched the... We just got the original A Nightmare on Elm Street. With description lately. And I mean the original from... Uh, I think it was 89. Yeah, 89. And, uh, like I said, it wasn't as scary as it was when I first watched it. And again, it wasn't even that scary either when I first watched it. It was just gory. And, like I said, I would kill for the pair of those uh, knife nails. <laughs> I mean, those were great. You know, it also turned me on to Yukio of uh, Marvel Comics fame. And, of course, Wolverine. He's my favorite character. 
with the knives. And that may be where it came from. I don't know. But I can't say that either because I was a fan of Wolverine way before A Nightmare on Elm Street. I was collecting comic books in my teens, which it was the early 80s before A Nightmare on Elm Street was even released. So I don't know where that came from. I don't know. Maybe I'm a sociopath or psychopath or whatever they call it. Want to carve everyone up or everything. I mean, my dog is here and lying next to me. And uh, she's looking rather carvable. <laughs> but yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Don't even say that kidding. But why not? It's, it's This is about horror movies. Hello? Aren't crazy people supposed to kill animals? Psychopaths? Sociopaths? Aren't they supposed to want to kill animals and stuff? I don't know. Anyway. Like I said, I still don't know whether I'm going to to continue the show, whether I will, well, continue the channel, really. But like I said, I still have friends who are doing shows for the channel, so I will definitely upload those. Otherwise, their work went to shit, and I don't want that to happen. I recruited these people and asked them to do something. And uh, they should be featured. As for horror movies, I'm going to continue to watch them. Maybe next week I'll talk about action movies. Mostly because I just watched the reboot of the Mortal Kombat movie. And for those who don't know... Mortal Kombat is spelt with a K, and it's based on the video game series of the same name. And they did an original way back when, when I had sight. But this one was, well, from the description, it was amazingly good. So maybe next week I'll talk about action movies. But oh yeah, I put in the description that I would talk about my favorites of all time. And my favorite, one of my favorites, rather, was The Omen. And not the new version, the old version. Now, they made three or four of those because movie movie companies just love their, uh, their money. But the original Omen was amazingly good. I loved it. 
Was it scary? No, I, I can't say that it was. But it wasn't overly gory either. It was just the thought that, hey, this is the son of the devil. Satan's son just growing up and becoming evil incarnate. But the imagery just stuck with me. Of course, you can't mention horror movies without the Amityville horror. And again, I'm talking about the original, not the remake. The original had some kind of weird thing at the end with a pitch of tar. Or at least that's what it looked like. But those were among my favorites. The Amityville Horror and The Omen. Now, some of you might ask me, well, what about Halloween? Now, again, that was just like Freddy and Jason. Aside from the fact that Mike Myers grew up here in Scarborough, where I live, Mike Myers being the comedian, you know, Austin Powers. The spy who shagged me. But yeah. Mike Myers from the Halloween actually wore a Captain Kirk mask. That's all it was. A Captain Kirk mask. And that was frightening the people. No. It wasn't to me. Of course, you can crawl. It's a fine line between horror and sci-fi. And so we get to movies like Independence Day. And, of course, you get into movies like 2012. That one was scary. But in concept. Not in storyline. Because I could actually see that happening. Now, I consider myself lucky living in Toronto. Because the only way I'm going to drown because of a huge tidal wave or swelling oceans 
And if I was living on a mountain, even better. Like I did out west for eight months. There's no way I was going to uh, get stuck in the ocean that way. Because, well, honestly, I can't swim. Yeah, 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 I'm 50 and I can't swim. Shut up. But, 2012, in case you don't know, was a movie that depicted the end of the world as related to oceans rising and covering the earth with water. The low-lying earth. And apparently the governments are, or some of the governments, the wealthy governments, are in cahoots to build arcs to house and protect the important people of those countries. So you could actually buy your way into the ark. But like I said, I mean, there's a lot of allegory there. From the Tibetan monks who, who are just accepting of the death that's coming to the rich people who are trying to buy themselves out of death. Only find out that money doesn't mean shit when you're falling off a high cliff. But again, oceans rising is something I can see happening. Because polar ice caps are melting. The increase in heat is melting. Another movie that scared the shit out of me and again, it's because I can see this happening. Is the day after tomorrow. That one was a Randy Quaid. No, not Randy Quaid. Dennis Quaid vehicle. Wherein most of North America got frozen over with snow. And so naturally, everybody in the Northern Hemisphere decided to make a legal crossing into Mexico. Now, was that an allegory on what was actually going on? I don't know. I really couldn't say. Suffice it to say, you know, you get Dennis Quaid, who's going back to save his son, who's stuck in a library in New York. So he, he pretty much traverts this huge country in snow gear. And of course he makes it. 
Plot spoiler. Sorry, plot spoiler. But, yeah, I mean, that is scary, not on its face, but on the concept of it. I could see something like that happening. I could see the world freezing over. I mean, it happened to Venus. I think Venus is a nice planet. All ice, I think. So, who's to say it can't happen here? Anyway. So, those are some of the, my most favorite movies. The Omen. The Amityville Horror. Yes, I'll include The Exorcist too, only because Linda Blair has quite a rack. Yes, you heard me right, quite a rack. She's got huge tits. Not that you could see that in the movie. I mean, she was pretty much lying flat there. She was a kid at that point. But, hey, you know. She grew up nicely. But, uh, yeah. I'll include The Exorcist in there, too. And then, of course, 2012 and... Independence, Independence Day. That one is about an alien attack, which... I don't know if it's going to happen, but it might. It just might. And again... Oh, sorry. I have to do one more. Legion. Legion, the story was that it was the end of the earth and God had forsaken man and he was sending a bunch of angels down to smite, a.k.a. kill all the humans on earth. Except one angel, I think it was Michael, decides he's not going to have that. So he chooses this one band. Well, sorry, I shouldn't say band. One group in an out-of-the-way diner 
in the middle of the Mojave, I think. Or at least on a road in the Mojave. But he, he chooses them to save. Not that he does a very good job of it. <clears throat> and if you watch the movie, you'll understand why. And that movie's strife. I mean, it's strife. I mean, it's it's full of allegory. There's the cheating husband. There's the materialistic wife who's got mental issues. There's the Jesus and Mary like couple who don't love each other but they're looking after each other and she has a baby and it's like you know it's it, it's it's ripe with allegories galore that one was scary because I imagine the apocalypse coming. Now, will the apocalypse come as a result of God forsaking man? I don't know. It's possible. Maybe... Whatever... But he talks about is that God or Allah is going to kill everybody. In a huge apocalypse. Who knows? But I, no, I love that movie. Only because, I don't know, maybe I saw the allegories more than most. I don't know. But I loved it. I've, I don't know how many times I've watched it. But there you have it. Some of my favorites. So that wraps this week up for the Friday film feature. Uh, why don't you try me back next week? Maybe I'll have something to, uh, I don't know, to let you know about something. And, um, you know, don't forget, definitely like, share, and subscribe. We are always here. And we've always got something for you to listen to or hear or watch. So, um, yeah, make sure you come back again next week. See you later, folks.